Well, good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today? And a happy St. Patrick's Day. Hope you're wearing green. I'm not. I'm not. So anyway, who am I to preach? Hey, it is great to see all of you and just looking forward to what God has in store for this moment. We just came off of a great service a few moments ago and uh, looking forward to what God wants to say to each of our hearts as we continue with week two of their, our series called My Why. And if you happen to have missed last week, I want to encourage you um, just to go to our website and uh, check out week one because it is in many ways somewhat foundational to uh, what we're experiencing and the journey that we're on as we're looking at some of the great biblical heroes of the faith and learning how they discovered their why and ultimately how we can learn from their experiences and ultimately discover the why that God has for us. I believe this statement, I heard someone once say that the two greatest days of our lives, ready for this, is the day we were born and the day that we discovered why. We all have a why. The question is, do you know yours? Do we know our why? Well, today we're going to unpack it a little bit more, and what we're going to learn is we're going to learn that God has something very important for you to do and for me to do. It's a part of discovering our why in this journey. In fact, uh, I believe that when it comes to the why that God has for us, there is a specific race that he's called us to run. In fact, I love the verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 1, and it goes like this. Therefore, and anytime you hear a verse that starts with, or read a verse that starts with the word therefore, that simply means it's a continuation of what was before that. So in Hebrews chapter 11, we know that is often referred to as the hall of faith, where Paul, the writer of Hebrews, is basically identifying some of the great heroes of the faith. And he continues that thought, and he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, notice carefully, the race marked out for us. I believe with all of my heart that when God placed you on this earth, when he placed me on this earth, he didn't, listen, he didn't, he didn't create us and say, okay, now what in the world am I going to do with him or her? No, he made us for a unique purpose. He made us so that we could fulfill the race and not just fulfill the race, but ultimately the race that he marked out for us to fulfill. In other words, there's a lane that I believe he has called us to run down. And I believe out of that verse of scripture, we can take great comfort and encouragement knowing the fact that our brothers and sisters in the Lord, those who have gone before us, and I believe this with all of my heart, from, listen, from creation to the first century church to 2019, those who have gone before us in the faith, I believe they're in heaven cheering us on. Man, they got the pom-poms. They're cheering us on. They're creating the pep rally. Why? Because they've been in our shoes. They've run that race. They know how difficult it can be. They know the distractions. They know the temptations. They know the things that sometimes can slow us down and trip us up. And they're telling us once again, hey, if we can do it, you can do it. Keep at it. Stay in your lane. Keep running your race, the race that God has marked out for you and for me. And it's awesome to know that when God places on this earth, listen, he not only created us with a why, but here's what's awesome is to know that our why is connected with his why. 
In other words, we get to partner with God with the greatest adventure on planet Earth, and that is to share the hope, share the good news of Christ with as many people as we possibly can. You know what our number one goal is as followers of Jesus Christ? The number one goal of our lives as we live here on planet Earth is to take as many people to heaven as we possibly can before we die. Can I get an amen? That's it. That is why we exist, is to share that hope and to share that good news with as many people as we possibly can. It's one of the reasons why God placed this here on earth. Well, today we're talking about a biblical character by the name of Jacob. You know the background, perhaps the story of Abraham, and he's the, you know, the, we often, often refer to him as Father Abraham. You have you have Abraham, and then his son Isaac, and then Isaac had a son named Jacob. So obviously Jacob is the grandson of Father Abraham, and, and so with Jacob, Jacob was interesting in the fact that he was a twin, and he was the younger of the twins. And so we see from the very beginning that Jacob had an issue, and the issue was is that he wanted to control his life. He wanted to live life on his terms. He wanted to do things his way. And I believe, like many, I'm sure, and I can testify in my own life, that there have been countless times where I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to make decisions based on what was going to be in it for me or what was best for me or what seemed right from my perspective, looking through my lens, and that's kind of the way Jacob was and the fact that Jacob, he, from the very beginning, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that even when he was born, because his brother Esau came out first, the Bible actually says that Jacob tried to reach out and grab the heel of his older brother Esau and pull him back in the womb as if to say, no, 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 I'm going first. And so from the very beginning, it was almost as like Jacob wanted to be first, he wanted to have control. He wanted to, in many ways, kind of, kind of manipulate his way into getting what he wanted. And we not only see this from the very beginning of his life, from literally his birth, but even as he continued into his adult years. And, and what's sad and unfortunate is that we even learned that uh, he and his brother um, had an exchange. And in this moment of exchange, because Esau was the older brother, and because of um, you know, Jewish customs and the way the blessing was often passed down, it was passed down to the elder brother. And so you had, the, you had not only the blessing, but basically you had the inheritance. You had, you had all of the things that, that the elder son would receive. Well, in this moment of exchange, Jacob basically manipulated and convinced his brother Esau to give him his blessing by trading him a, a bowl of stew. And so in this moment, Esau literally traded his future, his blessing, his inheritance. He literally self-gratified himself to the point of exchanging his own selfish appetite for the blessing. And as a result, Jacob ended up with the blessing. We even see later in Jacob's life where he fell in love with a beautiful girl and yet on his, literally on his wedding day, his father-in-law kind of played a trick on him, kind of got him back and he, he slid one of his other daughters in there and he basically disguised her and Jacob didn't know it and long story short, he ended up, he ended up getting the, the daughter that he didn't want. 
And so you see this whole situation over time where his life began to become more and more unraveled. It got complicated. There was a lot of drama that followed Jacob everywhere he went. And there was a point where Esau sought revenge because of the manipulation that Jacob had extended toward him when, they exchanged, when he exchanged his birthright. And so as a result, Jacob was running for his life. And in this moment of crisis, here's what Jacob, I believe, would want us to understand. That when things don't go the way you thought they were going to go, or in other words, when things don't go perhaps as you had hoped, I believe Jacob would help us to understand this very important and yet powerful truth when it comes to really understanding our why. And that is this. We have to let God have control of our life. If you really want to have crystal clear understanding of your why, in other words, your divine purpose, then you gotta relinquish control. You gotta let God control your life as opposed to you trying to control your life. And so in this moment or in this time in, in Jacob's life, here's what we discover. That when you are willing to let God control your life, three things will happen. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, is that you will get a new strength. That's what Jacob found. As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 32, in verses 24 and 25, when Jacob now was hiding, he was all alone. Just to kind of back up a little context here, Esau was now trying to find Jacob. Esau, was, he, was, he was so upset because of what had happened in this exchange, this trading, if you will, of the blessing when the reality kind of hit the fan and, and Esau realized what it was that he had given up. He was going after Jacob. And so Jacob was afraid and so he basically divides his family into two and he sends them off in fear that if, if Esau were to come and take out you know, his family, he said, well, at least you know, there'll be half of us still alive. And so he divided them up, sent them to separate ways, and he found himself alone. And in this moment of aloneness, verses 24 and 25, it says these words. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came. Most believe that that man that that, 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 that verse is referring to is an angel of the Lord. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. So in essence, what you see going on here is that Jacob, once again, he's trying to live his life on his terms. And it's as though God is saying, okay, Jacob, I've tried to get your attention multiple times, but you're not listening. And so here in this moment, Jacob is now wrestling with an angel of the Lord. And what happened was, is that from this moment, the angel of the Lord wrenched the, 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 the hip, if you will, out of his socket, and it caused Jacob to live the rest of his life with a limp. He was never the same. And the reason why is simply because it was God's way of breaking him. It was God's way of showing him, look, you can never live your life effectively or successfully without my help. You need me in order to succeed. 
And maybe you can testify in your own life. There's been countless situations or circumstances where you tried to make things happen. You tried to take control of your life. You tried to manipulate people or situations or circumstances. You tried to force certain doors of opportunity to open. And maybe they weren't the doors that God wanted you to walk through. But yet you walk through them anyway and you realize the hard way that, you know what, this is not what I thought it was going to be. In other words, you were running down a lane that God did not carve out for you. And here's what happens when we encounter those kinds of situations. We think, hey, you know what, I can make things happen. I'll become self-reliant. I'll prove to people I don't need anybody. God says, oh, I'll show you how much you need me. And I think sometimes God will allow us to go through situations and, and circumstances simply because it's through those situations and circumstances that God has a way of getting our attention. I love what Mother Teresa once said. She said, you will never know God is all you need until he is all you have. And so God has a way of getting our attention. God doesn't necessarily cause problems for our lives, but God allows us to go through difficulties and sometimes go through uh, times that are incredibly stressful. Why? Because it is through those difficulties of life that God sometimes will allow those to get our attention, to help us understand that, you know what, we can't succeed on our own. We need God's help. And so in this moment, we begin to realize for Jacob that, you know what, Jacob was trying to make it on his own. And God proved that he could never, ever make it on his own without his help. And so the Bible says it this way. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 29, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know what we learn from Jacob today? We learn that when it comes to discovering our why, we can either do it our way or we can do it God's way. And when we learn to give up control and we learn to do it God's way, guess what? It takes the pressure off. I don't know, I don't know about you, but in my life, that when I try to do it my way, it's amazing how I mess things up. It's amazing how all of a sudden things get harder and more complicated. And not only that, it's amazing how weary you become because, listen, it takes its toll on you mentally and emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. All of a sudden, you're carrying this weight. Why? Because you are trying to live life on your own. God says, would you stop trying and will you just start trusting me? So we have to let go and let God. And in that moment, when we let God have control, guess what? We realize that, you know what? There's a strength that he gives me that I never had on my own. Because now I'm taking on his yoke. Now I'm allowing him to help me carry my burdens rather than me carrying those burdens alone. And so there's a second thing that we learn. And not only does he give us a new strength when we relinquish control, but he also gives us a new identity. And I love this moment in this exchange in, in Genesis chapter 32, verses 27 and 28. And it says these words, what is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob. So in this moment as they're wrestling, as Jacob is wrestling with this angel of the Lord, the angel asked Jacob, hey, what is your name? He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, 
And by the way, you know what Jacob actually stands for? Deceiver. Because Jacob was always known as being the manipulator, the deceiver, always trying to get his way. And so the angel reminds him, you're no longer going to be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. What does that mean? That means now on, from now on, from this point moving forward, your life, you are now going to be referred to as the Prince of God. So he gives him a new identity and a new name. Why? Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Doesn't mean that Jacob physically outmatched the angel of the Lord. Basically what that means is, is that Jacob had won the battle over himself. Because some of you here today, listen, the battle that you're fighting is with you. And the greatest single challenge that you have to overcome in your life is you. And so when we get out of the way and we stop trying and we start trusting, it's amazing what God begins to do in and through our lives. And so with that said, here's what God does. He wants to remind us, listen, your identity is not built upon what you've done in the past. In other words, you are not what you did. Did you hear that? Your identity is not defined by your past. Your identity is defined by who God says you are. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? You got a new identity. You're a new you. So what we got to do is we got to embrace the new us. We got to get rid of the old self and we got to embrace what God has ultimately given to us. In other words, when God sees you and he sees me, he doesn't see the actualities. No, he sees the possibilities. Listen, he doesn't see you as you are. He sees you as you can become. When you give up control and you allow him to take the driver's seat of your life. So what does he do? He gives us a new strength. He gives us a new identity. But he also gives us a new joy. I love that. He gives us a new joy. It says, when it comes to the blessing that he received, here's what's interesting. In verse 29, Genesis 32, Jacob now asked the angel of the Lord after this wrestling match. He says, please tell me your name, Jacob said. And the angel basically says, why do you want to know my name? In other words, hey, it's irrelevant. Here's what you need to know. And then he blessed Jacob. What does the word blessed mean? You know, often we say, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. Or at least that's what we desire, right? We all want to be blessed and highly favored. But what's crazy is that sometimes we associate the blessing and being highly favored as all the good breaks, all the good things that life has to offer. You know, sometimes we rush to equate those, those blessings as material benefits and material things, and God can and will at times bless us in those ways, and there's nothing wrong with those kinds of blessings. But what God wants to bless us with is far greater and far more important than the temporal things of life. What he wants to give us is the real blessing, and here it is. It's the eternal joy. It's what's on the inside that cannot be bought, can't be manufactured, can't be manipulated. You know why? Because the world is always trying to convince you of all the things that you need and trying to remind you of all the things that you don't have because if you just get what they tell you you need, you're gonna be happy. Or if life is going great, guess what? 
You're going to be happy. Yeah, it's easy to be happy when life's going great, when your marriage is going great, kids going great, making money, got a good job, all the things that money can buy and all the things that life supposedly, you know, is all about. Yeah, it's great. You can be happy when all of that's going good and great, but when all of a sudden it's no longer good and great, all of a sudden we face obstacles and challenges and have setbacks and, man, all these unexpected things and we, we never saw coming, now all of a sudden we're what? Now we're unhappy. Why? Because of the circumstances we're going through. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and said, well, you know, considering the circumstances, why are you allowing the circumstances to be over you when God has called you to be over your circumstances? Listen, we've already fought the battle. The battle's already been won because of Jesus and what he did at the cross and because of the fact that he arose from the grave. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So we have already won the battle. So we're already over our circumstances. The question is, are we allowing our circumstances to control us or are we controlling our circumstances because we've already released those to God? And in exchange, what God has given to us is peace, internal peace, peace that money can't buy. It's the joy, it's the inside job that changes us from the inside out. Listen, I've been in people, met people, and, and you've been to situations and been in places. If you've ever gone on a mission trip and you go to some, I'm, ta I'm talking about places of poverty. I'm talking about, they don't, they don't have HDTV. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't have the latest MacBook. You know, they don't have the latest iPhone. They don't have all the, the greatest and latest stuff. No, 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 no. They don't have any of that stuff. They can really care less. But what they have is joy, they have peace, you know why? Because they're content. They have a better understanding and a bigger understanding of really what life is all about. And they have found that, listen, I can be happy and I can be joyful. I can be content. And I can have peace even though I don't have all this stuff. And I think that's what sometimes we get caught up in and we begin to realize that, you know what? Hey, God does have some far greater and it's him. It's finding our joy in him. It's being complete in him. I love what the scripture says in Matthew 5, verse 6. And Jesus gave the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And he was kind of going through all the different issues of life. And he said these words. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why is that so important? For they will be filled. In other words, man, there's a joy that cannot be compared with anything this world has to offer. We find our joy in him. And so what Jacob wants us to understand is this. Hey, you don't have to live life your way. He's saying, and I think he wants to help us understand, he's been there, done that. He's already bought the t-shirt and the keychain. He's, he's learned the, the hard lessons of life. I'm, I'm talking about like the hard way they got messy and complicated and confusing. And he's trying to help us understand, hey, and if you've already been down, down that path, he's saying, hey, there's another way. There's another way. You don't have to do it yourself. You can find new strength and you can find not just new strength, but man, God will give you a new identity. Man, he'll put your feet back on a solid rock. Man, you can have a bright future ahead of you. And let me tell you something. He'll put a joy in your heart that's unlike anything you've ever experienced, anything you could possibly imagine. And if you would just relinquish control, here's what Jacob, I believe, will help us understand. And there are three things I want to finish with today. If you're taking notes, write this down. 
Number one is that brokenness precedes breakthrough. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. And in Psalm 51, verse 17, here's what the psalmist says. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So in essence, what God wants for us, you ready for this? He just wants us to have a broken spirit. He wants us to walk humbly and broken before him. And when we're willing to do that, listen, that's when we get clarity. That's when we experience that aha moment, that breakthrough where we realize, you know what, God, you do have a lane for me to run down. And you have marked out a race for me to run. And God, I wish I would have known about this before, but now that I've just discovered it, man, I've learned now that doing it your way is a lot better than my way. When I was um, a student in college, uh, God did something incredibly uh, fresh in my life. In other words, I had a breakthrough moment that carved out a new lane, a new destiny for me. When I graduated from high school, I just, I literally had just become a Christian a few weeks before I graduated from high school. And um, I was still wrestling with a lot of um, things in my life, and I uh, was in many ways very ambitious about some future plans and things that I wanted to accomplish and pursue. And, I, and right before um, I graduated from high school, I made a commitment that I was going to go to Baylor University. But the only way I could go to Baylor University was for me to go and uh, spend the entire summer there going through summer school, and I was going to play tennis there at Baylor University. And while I was there, I was I was miserable. I mean, here was this school that I dreamed about going and, and, and especially getting to play tennis for. And, and, um, but even though I was there and I got to experience it firsthand, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I was confused because I had kind of set it up to have such high hopes and high expectations with. And then finally, through a set of circumstances that, that God was orchestrating behind scenes, I had no idea at the time, but what God was ultimately orchestrating is that he had a different school for me to go to. He had a different path for me. He had a different lane for me. And it was through that opportunity that I had the, op I had the door open to leave Baylor University and go to Liberty University and to play tennis there. And I spent four years in a place that God used to radically, I'm telling you, radically change my life. And God gave me a new beginning. He gave me a spiritual do-over he put me in a new place, but I still had in my heart that I wanted to do something different from my father who was a preacher and something different than my three older brothers who were preachers, and I was going to go down my own lane. And it was through the summer experience that I had, the summer before my junior year in college, when I traveled with my father as an intern, and I hung out with about a half a dozen young college guys and 20-somethings that were just on fire for God, and I hung out with them all summer long and all we did during that time was win people to Jesus. And I'll never forget, I was staying at a hotel, and I literally found myself, and I'll never forget, it was orange, burnt orange, my ad, burnt orange shag carpet. I hope nobody has that kind of carpet in your home. But anyway, uh, but it was like gnarly orange, burnt orange. I can still smell the smell of that carpet. I was in a hotel room and had my nose literally face planted in the carpet. And the reason why I was laying down on the floor 
is because I literally was prostrate on the floor before God and saying, God, no longer my will. I want your will to be done in my life. And I relinquished control and I gave up everything and I gave it to God. I said, God, if you'll use me, I'll surrender the rest of my life for you. And I'll never forget, that was the breakthrough moment where I gave up my will and I surrendered it to God's will. And it was a game changer for my life. And you know what? The Bible says it this way. Number two, you must lose yourself in order to find yourself. So if Jacob were to help us today, I think he would remind us, hey, brokenness precedes breakthrough. He had to experience it himself as he wrestled with God. And in that moment, God proved to him and showed him, hey, I have a different plan. I have a better way. Quit fighting me. Quit fighting the process. And when Jacob finally gave up control, he had that breakthrough, that encounter with God. But the same is true for you and me, that when we lose ourselves, we'll find ourselves. And Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He said, calling to the crowd to join his disciples. Notice what he said. He said, hey, anyone who intends to come with me has to, be, has to let me lead. So if you want to come be my follower, be my disciple, he says, hey, you got to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, Jesus says, I am. And in verse 35, he says, hey, if you, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, notice carefully, you will what? Say it out loud. You'll save it. And so what Jesus wants us to understand is that, look, the best way to find life and to save your life is to be willing to lose your life. Be willing to give up your will and embrace God's will and watch what God will do. You'll have a breakthrough. You talk about that lane that maybe you're still a little confused as it relates to what lane you're supposed to run down. I'm telling you, God will give you clarity. He'll not only demonstrate to you the race that he's currently marked out for you to run, but he'll say this, hey, there is a different path. There is a lane. There is something very specific that I have prepared you for. I have equipped you to accomplish, and this is what I'm leading you to do. And you know, that could be a lot of different things. I'll just be honest. For some of you, maybe that's a step that you need to take in your own spiritual journey related to a step of faith that you've been reluctant to step out and take simply because you've been once again, holding on, trying to do it your way, do it in your timing. Maybe you've been letting just that restless spirit kind of hold you back. And you, you, maybe you've been wrestling with God just about some things and, and it's time to just simply let go and let God. And if you'd be willing to lose yourself, listen, I promise you, God will give you clarity. He'll give you a sense of destiny. He'll give you, I believe, a peace about taking that next step. And maybe that next step for you might be something spiritually that you need to do in your life. For some of you, maybe it's just relinquishing control and, and allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life, putting him in the driver's seat. For some of you, maybe you've been holding back, you've been afraid and You've been concerned about, you know, getting too zealous and too ambitious for God. And, you know, you say, well, you know, I just don't want to put myself out there quite yet. Why not? Jesus put himself out there for you. For some of us, maybe it's getting baptized. Maybe it's connecting with a small group. Maybe it's joining a team. 
That's why we're doing you know, our Easter dream team. It's an opportunity for some of us just to kind of get our feet wet and maybe kind of experiment with what it's like to serve on a team and to make a difference in a way that maybe you've never thought about before. And if that's something you're interested in doing, let me encourage you, get your cell phone out right now and just simply type the word, the two key words, my why, to that number 97,000, and I'll shoot you a link. And guess what? You can take a moment, fill that out, and then submit that, and we'll get in contact with you, and it will give you a way to suddenly now begin to find a lane that you can go down and then watch what God will do as he uses you to make a difference. Which leads me to the last thing, and that is this. When you find yourself on God's terms, you find fulfillment. Did you get that? Listen, when you find yourself on God's terms, you find fulfillment. I'm not gonna take the time to read it, but in Romans chapter 12, I love how the message kind of captures it. Basically, we are to put our lives on the altar for God. And he wants us to take our lives, our everyday, ordinary life. And he wants us just to go all in with him. And when we go all in with him, it's amazing the joy and the sense of fulfillment that we get to experience in our lives. I was talking with a couple just the other day and a young couple and they were sharing how they were desiring to have children but unfortunately through one of the spouses um, medically speaking they were not able to conceived. They were not, not able to, to have children. And so it was obviously very difficult for them emotionally and just kind of accepting that fact. And, you know, they'd been to multiple doctors and, and there was multiple options that they had already considered, but it became more and more apparent that unfortunately, just due to just the physiological and biological pieces, it just wasn't there. You know, it'd be very easy for somebody to grow bitter, angry towards God. It'd be very, very easy for somebody to say, you know what, well, well, if that's the way God is going to treat me, if that's the way God is going to pay me back for my past, or, you know, our minds, it's crazy what our minds will do, or we'll start, suddenly start growing angry and resentful, and a lot of times we, we want to put our anger back on God. But I was so encouraged because of the fact that this couple said, you know what, but we decided we're not gonna allow that def to defeat us. And so as we were talking about opportunities, the gentleman spoke up and he said, you know what I just recently started doing? He said, I just started serving and volunteering at the Nemours Children's Hospital and he said, as a result of serving at the children's hospital, he said, God has given me a new joy and he's given me an incredible sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that I never knew I had. He said, I really honestly said, I had no idea 
that I would enjoy working with children as much as I am working with children now. And he said, I'm even considering changing my career path and leaving what I'm currently doing and going back to school to study to be a nurse just so that I can work with children and make a difference because I have a heart for other families and these children. And I just want God to use me to be a blessing to these other families. And I thought to myself, wow, here's a guy who experienced his breakthrough. Here is a guy who found himself because he was willing to lose himself. And here was a guy who discovered the lane that God had prepared for him to run down because it was through that lane and it was through the race that God had marked out for him to find and to experience and to know a joy and a deep satisfying fulfillment that he could have perhaps never ever learned or had discovered had he not be willing to step out and trust God in an area that he was afraid to trust God in. And I just believe for some of you, maybe that's where you're at. And God is trying to help you understand the why, the purpose, the greater opportunity that he has for you. And maybe the key is what Jacob's trying to help us understand. And that is the key to discovering your why is to give up control and to let God have his will and have his way in our lives. And when we do, the exchange is a great life of fulfillment and joy and purpose unlike we could have never experienced on our own. Amen? That's God's plan. Let's get, on, let's get in on that. Let's bow our heads together.